0: Welcome to the RSP Campus to Canton podcast. I am Matt Waldman and joining me as always is Felix Sharp with Campus to Canton and if you haven't gotten started with your Campus to Canton league yet, it's getting to be that time. We've had we had the Colorado Spring practice. What 40,000 people? Am I did I a little more. I think a
1: little more like 47,000, yeah.
0: Wow. And there were what? Just a few hundred like But you
1: know what's funny? But you know what's funny is that the same number of people left the team after the spring game. So that's that's crazy. They (laughs) forty seven thousand people left. I mean, yeah, college football is is if you you know if you're thinking about getting into a campus camp league, it really helps you um, be in tune what's going around football in general, not just the NFL. But uh, you know, the Colorado spring game was excellent. It was on ESPN. They had like twelve hundred last year. They had forty seven thousand um, this year, their season tickets are already sold out. I'm going to the first home game. They play, uh, Nebraska. Um, everything's sold out. I have no idea where I'm going to stay. Uh, so, so, um, uh, it's, it's, I'm really excited about it, but I mean, there are just these, the transfer portal is going on right now. Um, one of the main, um, uh, filters to college football IMG Academy in Florida, an elite prep school, it just got sold for $1.25 to a public equity fund. And so it's just little stuff like that that I think that you take notice of uh, when you're playing in C2C's and you're trying to figure out what your pipeline is going to be on your college side to get to the NFL. So, But glad to be back with you. Uh, we're just a few days away from the NFL draft.
0: We sure are. And today we're going to just, we're going to trade five, we're going to alternate on the five things that we want to see happen with the 2023 NFL draft. You know, and... You know, we're just gonna we're gonna go back and forth and talk about you know why we want to see what we want to see, um, and then we'll you know cut on out of here. And you know, if you you know give you a little more time to check out C to C, and then also the RSP, which is available twenty one ninety five post draft will be out within a week after the NFL draft. I'll probably give you a cheat sheet within by you know day three, day four, no later. Just like an early preview of it. I'm already getting things set up um so that I can get this thing turned around as fast as possible you get a uh, you know you get the pre-draft scouting reports obviously you can download right away at mattwaldman.com. 1163 pages worth of information um pdf easy to do um really ipad and And desktop friendly. If you're looking for iPhone friendly, we're not quite there yet with a tome like that. You want to sit down and enjoy this a little bit. You want to turn on your attention span a little bit. And folks tend to do that so you know they understand. So um, the post draft will be a lot shorter. Give you a depth chart um, analysis. um, Players who are one or two years left on their contract, how I think I see them fit in on the depth chart, as well as um, you know, a cheat sheet that's tiered, ranked, tiered, color-coded, and then I give you a sweet spot based on um, ADP of drafts that are going on right after the NFL draft, versus where I re-rank them post-draft. So you you know, I tell you guys like, and you know, AJ Brown or Justin Jefferson, or Isaiah Pacheco or Nick Chubb and I say hey you know these are guys that I think fit well with where they're gonna be doesn't maybe look like it right now people are all telling you that it doesn't fit but hey you might want to get these guys you're gonna be able to get them at value Um, we're gonna see who that will be this year Um, but yeah getting started Felix who's your first what's your first wish in terms of what you want to see happen in the NFL draft
1: yeah, I was trying to think about where I was going to start with this, and I think I'll start here. Um, I I need to see Will Levis fall out of the first round, and it's not because <laughs> <laughs> it's not because I don't like the person, or you know that his social media activity isn't great, and you know apparently he's a good guy in the locker room, but it's really because I need to see if the trend from 2022 continues this year. We had always believed that that quarterbacks that had the physical tools but weren't good in other aspects of the game that they were going to get pushed up the board. But then 2022 happened. And then we had uh, Malik Willis, Matt Corral, Sam Howell. Carson Strong wasn't even drafted. Um, And I like
0: all of them better than Levis.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and Willis Corral and Howell were all thought to be first round picks, even in the days leading up to the draft. And and, in, in 2020, I saw Carson Strong, uh, mocked in, into the first round, so you know we had those three uh, last year, but they all had flaws, and the NFL said no, except for Kenny Pickett. I want to understand the direction that the NFL is moving. If Will Levis goes in the first round, I just I don't I just throw my hands up because I think that I would have had him in that class. I think I think Sam Howell was a better quarterback. I think Matt Corral was a, uh, a better quarterback. Um, I would put him right there, probably with Willis. And if he goes in the first round no less number 1 overall with C- or if he goes over CJ Stroud I just I don't I don't want to I mean I'm playing in leagues where I need to be able to project players to the NFL. We have some guys who are like Bryce Young and Caleb Williams who are yeah, we've seen them they they were going to be an NFL player since they were in high school. But there are these other guys like Zach Wilson, like um Malik Willis, like uh Uh, next year, Drake May, who are lower rated prospects. And I want to make sure that I understand what the NFL is looking for when I have to do a little bit of digging. When I do some digging to come to Will Levis, that's not a player that I'm projecting that the NFL will value, especially not, you know, top 10, top 15 overall. So for my own sanity, I think I need to see him slide because I'm going to be honest with you. Like I, I don't, I will not understand the why. Why Will Levis is taken in the first round and Sam Howe wasn't and Matt Corral wasn't. I will not understand that. Um, so that's that's my first that's my first wish. I'm gonna start on the negative so that I can finish with the positive.
0: Well, I, I like that one because it it makes me laugh too, because it's like I realized that you studied law and I've now have majored in chaos because um really the to me it's quite logical if you drafted baker mayfield and zach wilson as early as you did nfl then i understand that there's a contention of you who really just don't know what to look at with quarterback that's my opinion now at the same time the corollary of that from my perspective is um quarterback is very tough to evaluate and I certainly thought that the people who were looking at Lamar Jackson and calling him raw and not very advanced and needed to be a a wide receiver, I thought they were talking about the tight end from Wyoming by the name of Josh Allen, um, who was, you know, I certainly saw how he could make his way to becoming an NFL quarterback. But it was one of those things where I felt like people who were look how they were characterizing Lamar Jackson, they needed to characterize Josh Allen, and I did like a thirty-minute video on this showing like the things you're the things you're throwing at Jackson stick to Allen, the things that you're saying about Allen actually stick better to Jackson. But Allen Allen did a great job with his development along with Brian Dable and the rest of the team in um, Buffalo, and you could have seen where Allen with his ability to climb the pocket, his, you know, when he had his feet together, his accuracy was there. You saw a lot of things that when he wasn't engaged in hero ball or or um completely short-circuiting when things got out of hand, you could see the signs of where that development could happen. I don't see that with Will Levis. Like but I think the only thing I can say, Felix, is that I think NFL teams are looking at Will Levis and going, Well, Josh Allen, you know, we maybe there's a path there, but not looking at the details enough in the same way they looked at Jordan Love and said, Patrick Mahomes, you know, and you're thinking, No, the de no, I mean like maybe one day he becomes a competent NFL quarterback. But it's going to take a lot more. You're not getting add water, you know. Patrick Mahomes add water here.
1: I just don't. I just don't understand. Then it seemed like the NFL evolved last year because you could have said Patrick Mahomes with Matt Corral. You know what I mean? And I just don't understand where um, they would have made the mistake with Zach Wilson in 2021, and then come back around and make the same mistake with with. Will Levis in 2023 that just makes no sense to me well let's let's the two
0: things that I can theorize is that I can't say Zach Wilson Zach Wilson to me is the reason teams got excited about him is the same reasons that teams got excited about Johnny Manziel and Baker Mayfield which is a which is a quarterback who play who Shows some distance, distant semblance to Lamar Jackson, or yeah, I don't know. I think it's kind of like, I, I, like, if I'm being super cynical, I'll, I'll do it this way: Will Levis is being loved on this year compared to the other quarterbacks because he has the physical tools, and there was an NFL quarterback coach whether he was able to help him or not, is, you know, singing his praises for the past two years. Um, So that may be enough. Um, I would argue, in my most cynical thoughts, that Zach Wilson, Johnny Manziel, Baker Mayfield were the same reasons like, you know, if you haven't seen the movie the five heartbeats folks then you know i would say they're the same reason that that um executives went after the four horsemen as opposed to the five <laughs> heartbeats or whatever those guys were it's almost like they see it's like they don't want to have i mean i don't think it's that way anymore but the most cynical part of me is that some owners don't want to have a black quarterback but if they can get a white quarterback who distantly or grossly approximates what they think a black quarterback does even though the black quarterbacks that they passed on were way better, way more sophisticated. They took a very simplistic look at these other quarterbacks and said, "Well, these guys are these guys are it and we and you know, we you know, and and then their most biased ways feel like that they can be okay with being excited about them. That would be my most um cynical viewpoint i don't know if that's still the case with most teams but i'm certain that i'm sure that there are we're only five or six years removed from some teams having that kind of attitude so it's hard for me to think that it's still not the case
1: well i can't wait till thursday gets here so we can you know rest on this conversation um i've Kind of from the beginning, thought that Levis was going to fall, and now his odds are improving that he will not only go in the first round, but be the number one overall pick, which I just find fascinating. Yeah, uh, I find truly fascinating. So, we'll see what Carolina does
0: for sure. I mean, it, it, I find it fascinating too. And I, I, it's hard for me to believe it, um, but I, I will reserve the right to believe in the absurdity that the NFL has been. I guess my number one, my number one is that Anthony Richardson falls to Seattle or Detroit. And I'm going to say Detroit because I would like him to be on a team with Coach Campbell. I'd like to see, well, I would prefer to see him on a team that plays on grass. Um. Still, it would be just because he's gonna run, he's gonna get hit. You know, I I just think grass is a little more forgiving, but like I would, I would love to if I'm gonna see him on a turf team. I'd love to see him in, in Detroit with that offensive line, with a quarterback who has to know that he he's gonna compete like a starter and be a starter. But he's at the stage in his career where he may be fighting to keep his job, but hes I don't think he's going to be a dick about it. I think he's going to understand. Let me make my living doing the, you know, I'm going to be a journeyman. I'll get another shot to start somewhere. But let me be a part of helping a guy because I didn't get that when I got, you know, into my new area. I think Jared Goff's the kind of guy who would be a team guy who would work in that that realm um so i would like to see richardson on a team with a strong offensive line um and i think detroit would be a good start um i'll lead off with my number two because
1: it, well can i give you my yeah, number two please. because it's it's anthony richardson related. Add, so let me give you yeah, my okay let me give you my anthony richardson one um i want him to fall to atlanta i want him to fall to atlanta because Remember the exact exotic smash mouth term that was coined by Mike Mularkey in Tennessee? Yeah. Derrick Henry, uh Delaney Walker, Anthony Anthony Fasano, Marcus Mariota. Well, who was the tight ends coach for those teams? It was yeah. it was Arthur Smith. Yes. And um there is a way that Dan Mullen used Anthony Richardson at Florida. Where the threat of the designed run was used to suck in safeties and linebackers, and then they just they would chuck it uh, over the top of them. And I think that I we know that Ar- Arthur Smith wants to run, and they have their Delaney Walker and and uh in in Kyle Pitts. They've got Drake London on the outside, and quite frankly, they added they added Scotty Miller uh, this off season. I think that he is the perfect type of player to add if you are going to have a team that's trying to get eight in the box you know because he can get he can get open deep um so yeah i would want to build an offense a creative offense that emphasizes the run earlier early in his career uh, around anthony richardson and i just i think that if, if anybody could do it i think arthur smith could could do it given that they did a version of that, um, in Tennessee or with with Mike Malarkey there. So, and we had not we haven't seen Drake London or Kyle Pitts unlocked yet. I think that Anthony or Anthony Richardson could do that. And there's kind of the allure of you know Michael Vick having been in Atlanta and that being the Falcons' heyday. Um, I want to see Anthony Richardson there to kind of bring that city back to life and bring some ex- ex- excitement there. Uh, so for some of the same reasons, for some of the same reasons. And I I mean, he's, I think he's going to start from day one. If he goes to Atlanta, there's no, he's going to be, he's going to be playing over Desmond or Desmond Ritter there. So, uh, that's my, that's my number two. I want to see Anthony Richardson in Atlanta and there be an exotic smash mouth, get eight in the box, have some speed on the outside. And Oh, the ball's over your head. Uh, now, because because you got sucked up.
0: I love that idea in theory. I'm a little worried about the coach, to be honest, just enough. But but I love that idea in theory. He could be he could be um, Mike Mike Barkowski or a, a combination of Steve Barkowski and Michael Vick. You know, in terms of you know with that big arm, ability to go downfield, um, ability to move like he does, and work from the pocket in the way that Vick never could except that one year that he really worked at it when Reed demanded it. Um, so, yeah, I love that. But I think, um, I hope he goes number one. I mean, to be honest, I would love to see him go number one to Carolina because I think he has the combination of receivers and that and a budding offensive line to maybe make that work. But, um, you know, I'd like to have him with a veteran receiver. You know, a guy like Adam Thielen would be, Would be a good veteran for him to work with but um that said my number two is actually Will Levis related and that's that I'd like to see Will Levis go to the Raiders um and sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo for a little while if I'm gonna root for Will Levis I want to see him there um but at the same time it's kind of like this both like good like Benefici- beneficial or let's see how I said a beneficent and malevolent wish at the same time because I want him to ultimately succeed and if he does I think in Las Vegas with a guy and Josh McDaniel where maybe he could sit behind Garoppolo a bit have have a good couple good receivers who are very intellectual in Devonte Adams and in, and in Hunter Renfro who he can he can learn from has have a run game have a very systemic systemic kind of approach to quarterbacking with what they do, um, and see how that works out. The malevolent wish is if Josh McDaniels is like the Josh McDaniels that we saw in Denver, and I have a feeling he still is, very much is, then. You know, Will Levis is going to blow that shit up. And he is going to... And Josh McDaniels will never be coaching in the NFL again. Um, You know, at least not as a head coach. He won't get another shot. That'll be... You know, and he has definitely brought his guys to um, Las Vegas this year on skill position. Jacoby Myers. You know, he already brought Brandon Bolden the year before. He already has... You know, he brought Amir Abdullah, Abdullah being kind of the Dion Lewis kind of guy. He, I think that this team, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, I think he's trying to win now and he's trying to, and he's a system guy. You can see it because I, I don't care what anybody has to say about Garoppolo. I still don't see him as a long-term starting quarterback in this league. I think he's a better, he, he's, um, he shits the bed when things get get rough. And, and, and we've seen that with him. I mean, like, he's not, he's still not great in the pocket or in difficult situations late in games. He's, but he's good enough with a lot of talent around him. And so, you know, when you look at guys who are system oriented, they tend to get their guys because they want to express their system. They think their system's more important than the talent. And I think McDaniels is one of those guys. And I, and I'm uh but that said, Levis needs a system. I think Levis needs a system and he needs some time. And this would be a good step in the right direction for him on the, on the up and up. And then if he's not ready to go and not ready to go, then uh, you know, it would be a, it, the way McDaniels has been as a, as a coach. I would, I would say it would be just desserts for him in that regard.
1: It, it sounds like you're trying to sink uh, two birds with one stone uh, there, Josh McDaniels and Will Levis. Pretty <laughs> much, Bison. like I either I either,
0: want, I either want McDaniels to redeem himself and get it right, and he can and show that he's the ultimate offensive guy with a guy who needs the work, and he gets the time to do it. Or if he's going to fail, like, I think that, you know, I just don't think Levis is that good. Then let's just, let's let have the whole Death Star crash. You know, that's kind of how I'm looking at it. So who's your number three? What's your number three?
1: Um, I'm going to go to, I'll, I'll do my Homer uh, wish here. So when you sent the message in, in um, the DM on Twitter, it was, I think the word you used was wish. And so here's my wish for the Detroit Lions is that Will Anderson falls to number six and that we get uh, Maisie Smith or, or or Brian Brzee at 18. So, I, you know, my Detroit Lions, the last time we won a playoff game was January 5th, 1992. Um, but even though we haven't had success on the field, this is a team that has historically at times um, have, had very good defensive lines going back to – Luther Ellis and Robert Porsche, and then in 2011 with Andamakin Sue Kyle Vandenbosch, Corey Williams, Cliff Averill. Right now we have a you know a cornerstone piece in Aiden Hutchinson. And I think the same way that you can surround like a young uh, quarterback with you know a good offensive line and good skill position players to help them grow, I think you can do the same thing with your young ed- edge rusher. Get pair him with another elite edge rusher. Get him a defensive tackle or nose tackle in the middle that when they're pressing the outside, there's nowhere to step up into uh, for the quarterback. So uh, Mazie Smith and, and Brian Brzee, they both have, Brian Brzee has been injured. Mazie Smith, you know, I'm reading that uh, while he's a very good athlete, he's not always consistent. But, I mean, he's still 337 pounds. And I kind of have an affinity for these these bigger guys like Haloti Nada, Haloti Nada and Vince Wilfork right off the top of my head, I think that they should be in the Hall of Fame to be honest. Like you can build defenses around them because they keep your linebackers clean. Um, so that's kind of my wish. We we have these two picks in the first round after trading Stafford. And, um, you know, I, I just – I think the offense is relatively solid. We really need to improve the defense. And if we had – if you had Will, Will, Will Anderson – and you get a, a, a defensive tackle in there that can command double teams. I think that we could be well on our way to having another, another very good defensive line, probably the best since that Sue, Averill, Corey Williams, Kyle Vanden. But Kyle Vandenbach, one of my favorite all time lines, even though he was, you know, a free agent pickup. He just, he um, was the soul of, of that team, really, without being vocal, just the way he played. So um, that's kind of, uh, that's my that. This is my one wish. I don't know if it's realistic for Will Anderson to fall to number six, but, I would, man, I would love to see it. That's cool. Listen, uh, I'm going to
0: stick with quarterbacks one last time here, and my wish is that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers draft in the later rounds either Jay Kaner or Stetson Bennett. Um, I want one of those guys because I think that either one of them has a shot to actually get an extended tryout if Baker Mayfield plays like he had and I think both either one of them could deliver with the receivers on that squad because that's the only thing that's still good about that squad are the receivers um that that offensive line should be a little bit better which may help Mayfield to an extent but Mayfield Mayfield's had a good offensive line for most of his career. If the Buccaneers can't keep that offensive line, if the Buccaneers offensive line is like it was last year, good luck with that. You're going to need a quarterback who actually can handle himself in the pocket, not roll outside to his right at every turn. Um so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing a you know, a fast processing pocket quarterback who can also create off structure and i think those two guys would be a nice fit
1: in tampa hand to god jake hanner to tampa bay on day three was was one of was going to be one of mine but i just had others that i preferred that's the first thing that i want to say and i i messaged you this before the one time where i audibly screamed when I read, and I'm a very dramatic person, so it's, <laughs> but but the one time I audibly screamed when I was reading the RSP was your comments about Jake Hayner in the 2021 UCLA game. For I mean, I spent there was a year where my banner on Twitter was Jake Hayner lifting his hands to the sky after leading that come, comeback in the UCLA game, which I co- coincidentally was watching in a car live in Atlanta. Um. So uh, that's a lot. That's another nice story for another day. Um. But, but, but I. You, I mean, you know my affinity for Jay Kaner. I've been a fan of his for a, a long time. After that game, that UCLA game, I think I did a fifteen minute monologue on on my uh, podcast with my co host Matt, Chris in, in Austin on on how much Moxie this guy had because I mean yeah. you know that game Jay Kaner moves. He yeah. moves around. He got hurt late in that game. He was hurt like the rest of the season. He got hurt in that game. Couldn't move, could not move that last fourth quarter drive and still led the comeback from behind victory with like 13 seconds left on one leg in UCLA's house. And they were ranked like number 13 at the time. Yeah. Um, it wasn't so...
0: Byron Leftwich getting carried down the field to beat David Garrard, but it's it was an excellent display of moxie as you're saying and
1: leadership and just guts and i and i've tweeted this before i've said that that was the best game one of the best games we've seen in the last you know five ten years or so and nobody saw it on the east coast because it ended well after midnight yeah um so but it was an excellent excellent. i love me some jay kanan
0: so who's your number four
1: all right um Let's go to another, another favorite player of mine, and I hope that Jameer Gibbs lands with the Chargers in the first round. Um, I, I just love him uh, as a pass catcher. I love him as a downfield pass catcher at Georgia Tech. The wheel route was a staple of the offense. I, don't, I can't remember the last time I've considered a running back to be a deep threat. 13.3 yards per reception in 2022. That was second amongst running backs in college. Um, but more than Josh Downs, Jahan Dotson, Drake London. Two of those guys have already been first-round draft picks. Austin Eckler's yard per reception in 2022 was 6.7. Um, So, Matt, I got this book. It's called The RSP. I was reading it uh, about Jameer Gibbs. Oh, really? Talking about his his catching ability. Okay. Uh, It it, it says uh, he tracks the ball well over his shoulder and handles targets thrown behind his frame or at his back shoulder when the targets are still tight to his body and the adjustment allows for underhand technique. He also tracks the ball directly over his head and wide of his frame while running downhill toward the boundary. That sounds like what you need to do when you're running a wheel route. Sure does. Uh, so i just i um the the weapon that he could potentially be on a team like the chargers you know if they use him correctly and and if justin herbert is there i don't think that you're going to see him face a lot of stacked boxes which is also a plus for him in the running game i just think that that's a perfect landing spot and you know austin eckler had demanded a trade he's a little bit on the older side so you know could he be on the outs Soon, don't know. Um, But I think that that would be a really good spot, and that would be a really good tandem earlier in their careers, even though they offer very similar skill sets. I just like the landing spot for Jameer Gibbs with, uh, what are they now? Los Angeles. Yeah, love it. Well, I'll stick
0: with it. I'll go with running back as well. I'll go with running back by saying this. I do not want to see the Philadelphia Eagles draft a running back. I want to believe Nick Sirianni at the Combine when he said, Trey Sermon, all last season, when we looked at him, I was like, wow, he's going to be really good. There was either a run, it had to do with his build, it had to do with a lot of different things they saw. And I remember hearing, reading somewhere, that the Eagles had valued Trey Sermon as a second-round pick. And then they when the when the 49ers decided to get rid of him, there were negotiations beforehand to possibly trade for him. But then they realized that they probably felt like they had the area to ground well enough to go, you know what, we can probably get him sign him as a, a free agent and go from there. And when I look at the depth chart with Philadelphia, we know R- Rashad Penny is very talented. We also know that his depth his Injury history is very extensive, and he's had a lot of issues being able to stay healthy. We also know that Kenneth Gainwell is Tiki Barber before Tiki Barber added size. Um, And I'm not sure Kenneth Gainwell's ever going to add that size. Um, So he's a, to me, he's a utility player. Um, Maybe he can do a little more. We've seen some things, you know, late in the season, but late in the season... We see guys like Raheem Blackshear go off. And I like Raheem Blackshear at Virginia Tech and before that playing next to Isaiah Pacheco. But he's not a, he's a borderline roster guy. He's not a future starter. And I, and I think that Gainwell's the same way. Boston Scott has never really gotten the opportunity to be the guy he could fully be. I think Boston Scott is still an underrated back in this league. Low center of gravity, strong, good hands. Um, You know, obviously great quickness, great movement, um, but no team's going to want to use him as its every down back. It's too bad because I think that they'd have a little success with him if they let him be the lead or gave him more touches. Um, And then we've got Trey Sermon and Kennedy Brooks um, who are both at the back of the roster there. And Brooks, we didn't get to see too much of. Um, it'll be interesting to see what he does year two. Um, he's a mature guy. He's a worker. So I wouldn't be shocked at all if they start to say, ooh, he looks pretty good. But it's Sermon to me. I want to see him get his shot. And I think that it would just be awesome to see him behind a terrific Philly line that runs a, you know runs the ball in a way where they... Want the running back to make decisions. They want the running back to set up blockers. They want the running back to think and diagnose um, instead of like meat just hit that hole, you know. And I think they didn't get that as much from Miles Sanders, um, and they wanted a little more of that from Miles Sanders. And they pushed it out of him a little bit, got a little more from him. But I think that's why they didn't, you know, reassign him because they felt like they could. They, they already got their guy in, in sentence in like um, Sermon who might be able to do that as a, as a possibility and getting Rashad Penny. It's not like, I don't think Rashad Penny got signed for a lot of money for a running back. I think this is a prove it kind of deal. Like if you can do it, you can be the star. But I, you know, I think that's going to be hard to, hard to um, see that actually last.
1: you're you're picking from two of your favorites here between kennedy brooks and and trey sermon yeah i'll take sermon
0: i i'll take sermon i still think the guy's got the talent um and i think that i i just would like to hope against hope that they don't add another compelling player i don't think they need to um Mm -hmm. but we'll see if it happens um probably won't so number five who's your final
1: yeah, number five, and this is really so. My, number five is Sam Laporta to, to Kansas City, um, and there's there's a play in the Super Bowl where they run a play action and Travis Kelsey runs an over route, like he's going to go across the field, but he turns back and he runs to the corner. I have never seen that before. And it's so simple, but you think uh, it's a version of race. Race is like a stretch play action play where, you know, your wide receiver is running a post, your tight end is running an over route, and usually the other wide receiver is running a go route. It's a version of that, but I've never seen seen it this way. And I was thinking to myself, who could – who could move like Travis Kelsey did on that play? I think it's Sam Laporta, even if you know you're not going to have him put his hand in the dirt and kind of be a an in line blocker um who who could get open from the tight end position like that? I think it's it's Sam. Laporta is just a really, a really fluid mover, and he's been a good player for a very long time there uh, at Iowa. Even though he's like lesser heralded in this class, maybe because you know their their offense has been really poor at Iowa for the last couple of years. So, um, Kansas City could probably, if they're going to make a run back to the Super Bowl, they could use some offensive weapons. And I, you know, as at the tight end position, do not you think you could get Sam Laporta in like the third or fourth round or so. I think that he would be a great, great compliment. I'm not, I I think Travis Kelsey still has a lot of time left, but I think that he would be a great compliment as the second tight end on a Kansas City team and they would kind of uh, cause fits for defenses. There was a Scott Linehan in Detroit had Tony Scheffler and Brandon Pettigrew and used a lot of two tight end formations there and, you know, I think that you could attack defenses similarly with with, um, Laporta and Kelsey. See, I'm I'm hoping that they
0: don't take a tight end and that they reach down to the XFL and pull out a big wide receiver by the name of Hakeem Butler and say, you know what? We can use you inside and outside. They used him a lot in the slot and in the XFL, getting good matchups, but we can also put you outside. We can do a lot of things with you in the red zone. We can give you that big target who can run. And I I would like to see that story end in a good way. Um, But my my last one is I would like to see the Tennessee Titans sign Christopher Brooks out of Cal or BYU um, as an undrafted free agent. I think he's quicker than Hassan Haskins. I think he's stronger than Hassan Haskins. Um I think he's a as good of a receiver if not better than Hassan Haskins. Um and I think that he could I think he I think if the team were open to it he could take that job. I think he could take that job and be the number 2 to Derrick Henry. Um and I don't think that they will be open to it. But I think he'll force his way into them reconsidering it by year two and looking at their depth chart and going, we picked Darrington Evans. <clears throat> not a good move. We picked, you know, I mean, I'm trying to think of all the backs that Tennessee's picked since Derrick Henry. None of them have been all that good. And the guys that they've, I mean, they, I just don't think they can pick running backs, to be honest. Um, They're not great at it. Um, And I, I like H- Haskins okay. He's a good college player. Um, I'm not ragging on them because you know Felix is a Michigan fan though I you know I, I am feeling I'm I'm rather scarlet in the camera look today so maybe there is a little bit of the Ohio State coming out of me today Felix but I am uh I, I just think that Christopher Brooks would be a really good fit on that team where he could he could kind of succeed Derrick Henry or at least be part of a committee that succeeds Henry in a year or two
1: yeah no problem with that at all. Speaking of Ohio State, you know, in next year for the RSP, you might want Mayan Williams to I be might. the guy that's, that succeeds Derrick Henry uh, uh, there at, at Tennessee. I uh, love me some, some Mayan Williams. So. Yes,
0: we, and we are going to definitely hear more about Mayan Williams on this show in 2023 and beyond. I am sure that that is a, that, that's going to be a fun thing for us to do. But again, you know, you, those are our five. You can find Felix at campus Be sure to check out their leagues. I I'm going to be joining one. Um, they, you know, I know that I, it, shall we say it again? If you want to try and be in a league with me, you know, if it hasn't been filled up already, you know, you can contact Felix sharp at sharp review on Twitter. Um, you know, and, uh, and see if you're interested in playing. And, uh, you know, be sure to check out, let everybody else know what else you got going. Because you got some guides going, some Debbie guides, that are yeah, available deb- looking pretty good.
1: And you saw that I wanted to get one thing in. That was not it. But the Debbie guide is going to be released on Monday. What I did want to get in here, Matt, is that I tweeted, I quote tweeted your picture of your new hat. I said, what's Matt Matt Waldman's rap name? The best answer from FF Moon Vibes, Gray Goose. I like that. <laughs> that is a,
0: that is way too kind. That is way too kind. Thank you. I I like that so much. It's, it's. I'm going to have to tell my wife, she's going to have a, she'll have a good laugh about that. So thank you. I don't deserve it, but I appreciate it. But uh, again, you know, listen, you can get the RSP at mattwaldman.com. I've sold this thing enough for the past six months post draft I'll start selling that a little bit more soon but uh thank you everyone for you know for the feedback that you've given all year that you've given recently with the RSP. really appreciative of that this is the time of year where I get to relax a little bit between now and June and uh and so I'm I'm trying to take advantage of that and I appreciate the kind words and the and and the thoughts and feedback and folks who've wanted to do giveaways and you know obviously the folks at campus to canton what felix has done to spearhead stuff that you know promotions with with the rsp that has been awesome and it's been great having felix as a host and i know that you guys have had great feedback about that and we're gonna be uh you know we'll we'll keep on trucking and uh we'll see you after this draft